Friends, I hope you know that here at Unseminary, we always want to be in your corner looking for resources for things that they didn't teach us in seminary. That's just shorthand for we want to be helpful. And you know, one of the conversations I know that they did not teach any of us in seminary was when to move on from your current church. Over the last couple years, I have had a ton of conversations with pastors all over the country, and I really haven't had much in the way of resources to share with them as they wrestle through this decision. Well, that's why I'm excited for a brand new resource that my friends over at Chemistry Staffing are sharing with our listeners, with you. If you go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary, you can download one PDF containing two eBooks, When to Leave and Before You Go. These two eBooks are the best resource that I've seen for ministry leaders that are wrestling whether it's time for them to go or to stay on or really to wrestle through all of those questions in this season. I'm convinced, I know it will help you if you're thinking through these questions. Again, it's not the kind of thing that we talk about all the time, but I know, you know you're going to come to a season where you're wrestling with these questions. You're wondering, is now the time I need to step out? Is, is, is God leading me to somewhere new or, or do I need to double down? Do I need to keep pushing through? So what I'd encourage you to do is go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. Just drop your email in there. And again, you'll get in one PDF, two eBooks, when to leave and before you go, both helpful resources. I'm so thankful for my friends over at Chemistry Staffing. They're in your corner too. They really want to help you. Again, that's chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Um, and today you're going to be really blessed. Uh, you're, we've got a fantastic conversation lined up with my friend, new friend, Kevin Cook from Cross Point Church in the greater Nashville area. This is one of the fastest growing churches in the country. They have, if I'm counting right, six locations in Middle Tennessee, plus an online campus. They do all kinds of amazing things. This is a great church that's been around uh, for a long time. Uh, and Kevin is the executive pastor. You know we love executive pastors here uh, at Unseminary. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Grateful to be here. Honored to be here. Um, I, I love I love your podcast. Uh, I, don't, oh, I didn't thanks. go to seminary. So when you talk nice. about things you weren't talking sem- seminary, I wasn't even there. So uh, <laughs> yes. it, it, I catch, I get a lot of good tips from, from your podcast, man. It's great. Oh, I so thanks for doing that. what you do. Oh, I really appreciate that. You know, my, uh, my actually, my parents lived in Nashville for a while and uh, just for about 18 months. And so Tennessee tea cakes was the part I took away from that. These little treats. I don't know if that's like a thing, but like a couple times I was there, we had these really cool things uh, to eat, which I just thought was amazing. So a uh, great part of the world to uh, be from. Why don't you fill out the picture? What did I miss about uh, Crosspoint? Kind of tell us more of the story. Fill out the picture for us. Okay. Okay. Uh, Crosspoint this year, we actually, uh, September will celebrate 20 years. So That's great. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's crazy that it's got here that fast. I've, uh, mm-hmm. I began attending in 2007 myself. Um, and at the time I was working in public accounting, I'd gone back mm-hmm. and got my accounting degree, CPA degree, working at a public accounting firm mm-hmm. and, uh, was approached to that. We were going to launch our, I guess our 
second multi-site campus would have been our third mm-hmm. campus. And they approached me about being a, a campus pastor. Mm. I, I was, I was five years into public accounting, a career, um, loving it. I grew up in, um, my dad's a pastor and mm-hmm. I was like, my dad was a pastor of independent Baptist church. Didn't make much money growing up. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not for me. I don't want any part of ministry. I want to have a job and make more money and take care of my family and I'll serve. But all that changed. Uh, 2008, um, our pastor and executive director approached me about coming on staff as a campus pastor and really took me out of my comfort zone. But I said mm. yes. And the uh, day after tax season in 2009, I uh, signed an offer to go work for Crosspoint. Spoken like a true accountant. Spoken <laughs> like a true accountant. Tax season's done. Okay, yeah. now I can move on to life. Yeah. And so <laughs> in, in May of 2009, I came on um, as oh, a campus it. pastor. And, and was in that role for almost two years. Mm-hmm. And they put together the first executive team. And then um, they asked me to pray about being executive pastor of stewardship and operations. And so I honestly took a couple of months to make that decision because I felt like I was kind of coming back into my comfort zone, whereas a campus mm-hmm. pastor was out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I ended up doing, doing that, joined that executive team in 2011 and served in that role as executive pastor of stewardship and operations until September of 16. Um, mm-hmm. then transitioned into just executive pastor at the point mm-hmm. of a uh, lead pastor transition. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of my story and how I got to Crosspoint a little bit. And I've Love got a, my wife and five kids, and we've been wow. at Crosspoint 14, 15 years now. And love it. That's amazing. So, that's so good. Five kids. That's I've got two, and that keeps me. You know, <laughs> I have no hair left after having two. I, you know, respect you with five. That's, that's incredible. Well, we want to talk about that uh, transition, you know, 2016, uh, you know, I think so many of us that are leading uh, in this, this role of ex- executive pastor, we may find ourselves leading when our senior leader, our senior pastor transitions, that might be planned or it might be unexpected. I'd love to dive in and kind of reflect back all these years later. First of all, it's kudos to you. You're still there chugging along, you know, being a part of the community. That's a great thing. Don't want to roll over that. Uh, but I would love to kind of pull that apart. Help us understand now looking back on that transition. What have you learned? How have you grown? Uh, take us back to that. Let's, let's, let's think about what, you know, what that experience was like for you. Okay. If you don't mind, Rich, I think I want to rewind the tape maybe a couple more years uh, sure. now that I, that I really look back and understand what mm-hmm. the Lord was doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, back in, you know, probably 2014. So just divulge just a few minutes that we'll get back to that point. But I yeah. think this is important for, for maybe people to, to understand and maybe even to learn it. Maybe some of it will apply to their own life. But mm-hmm. so I grew up, um, nothing against Baptist. Uh, my dad was mm-hmm. an independent Baptist pastor and then in a real conservative Southern Baptist church, um, all my life. Um, I got saved at an early age of five years old and I, and I don't doubt any of that. Um, I, I totally understood what I was doing on that day. But most of my life, my relationship with Jesus was really about do's and don'ts. It was, mm. you know, don't do this and don't do that and read your Bible and pray and you need to read your Bible every day and go to church mm-hmm. three times a week. And and so it was really about do's and don'ts. And really what I found is that led to more guilt and shame because mm. I'm human. And most of the time I felt like I was failing in my relationship right. with him than succeeding. Um, my wife, um, didn't grow up in a Christian home and she came to the Lord at age 19. Um, so her journey with Jesus has been different than mine. And, and I actually learned a lot from her. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. really until seven, eight years ago, maybe, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. I just like, I really began to understand what, um, 
a meaningful or a, a kind of real relationship with the Lord, with Jesus was. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking salvation. I'm just like everyday life. And, mm-hmm. and what, what I began to learn is that um, it wasn't as much about what I did, what I didn't do, but just being sensitive to his presence in my life, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. Um, and then I learned that he's just always wanting to like communicate with us. Um, mm-hmm. That's like, that's mm-hmm. what prayer is, just a constant mm-hmm. communication. Um, someone had given me this prayer uh, along the way. It's like, what do you mean to say, Jesus? What do you mean to say? What do you mean to do? What do you mean to say? What do you mean to do? Um, you, that's applicable to about any situation you're in. And, mm-hmm. and as I began to learn that, I just noticed there was, I, I won't say audible, but I began mm-hmm. to understand the voice mm-hmm. of him. I began to understand his prompts. Mm-hmm. And um, as I began to say yes to those prompts, um, mm-hmm. it sometimes we we get a glimpse of why he wanted us to do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we won't know till we get to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. But um, there's a couple of key moments um, in, in my life Mm-hmm. It, as it applies to my role. And you can ask Jenny Catron. I know you know her. She's <laughs> yes. she our executive director. Mm-hmm. And for three years, I served under her leadership on this lead team. And I was always like, Jenny, I, I, can I just remove my, can you remove me from the leadership team? I, I'm a CPA. <laughs> I, let me be, let me oversee the finances and operations. I don't need to be in this room. I don't have right. a creative mind. I don't think like mm-hmm. you guys do. I, mm-hmm. I, I just give me my spreadsheets and balance sheet and P and L and, we'll be good. And she was like, no, Kevin, no, no, I'm not ready to do that. I think you need to be here and Mm. you you bring more value than you realize. And it wasn't until we had an offsite, like in 15, late 15, Mm -hmm. early 16, Mm -hmm. that someone came and walked us through, I think it's the Patterson group thinking wavelength. Mm -hmm. Um, And and there was like six questions that this man asked us and Mm -hmm. we all had to rate ourselves, And then he plotted it on the board. And at the time, there was four of us on the lead team, counting our lead mm-hmm. pastor, like in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was like 7.2, 6.7, 6.8. And here I was at 2.3. That was my average. <laughs> Plotted on that board. And that yes. man, who I'd never met before in my life, turned around to me and he said, I bet you there are multiple times you won't off this team. Wow. And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, He sir. goes, look at that board. Attention. Look at that board. <laughs> This is why you're here, because if you weren't here, nothing against them, but they would be off the rails. Mm. And you're the one that's, yes, you're less of a risk taker. You slow down the process. You pump the brakes, mm-hmm. but you're needed. Mm-hmm. Jenny wasn't here at that time. I mm-hmm. called her after that meeting. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a light bulb moment and, I, wow. and I'm going to embrace it and help me. Podcasts, books, what can I do mm-hmm. to, to learn mm-hmm. and embrace that I need to be here? So that happened in, um, I don't know, early 16, I think. Yeah. And then um, there was a moment um, in July of 2016, and mm-hmm. I knew things weren't right at Crosspoint. I couldn't pinpoint it. It's just been a tough several months. Honestly, I was probably really close to burnout myself, uh, mm. just needing a break. Um, and so I, we took a 10 or 11 day vacation to Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, it's about day nine. I'm sitting on the beach and I just told my wife, I said, Hey, I've just got this prompting from the Lord. I need to go back to the house and just spend some time with him. I'd been in the routine of get up, go to the beach, have a walk with my wife, eat lunch, go to the pool, go to the beach. I mean, we just beach bombs. 
Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. But my routine mm-hmm. had been all about me for mm-hmm. eight or nine days. She goes, that's fine. So I go back and I get out my journal. I keep it with me to this day. This is July the 6th, 2016. And um, I just begin praying. I begin journaling. I write in that journal, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Um, will you release me? Can I leave? Um, my wife and I have always had a plan to like live in Florida some days. Like, can, is there a church in Florida that could use my gifts? I even stopped and went to staffing.com mm. and Baron DeBloom and to someone mm. else. Is there executive pastor Rose in Florida? Um, and just it's like, I don't, do I have a place of influence? What decisions are being made with me being out of town? All this, a lot of hmm. selfishness, but just what, this is where I was. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord said, you, I've got a me- you need to listen to a message. I've got a message for you. Mm-hmm. I open hmm. up YouTube, right-hand columns, all these messages. And the top message was a message from Stephen Furtick. And okay. the, title, the, the title of the message was Don't Stop on Six. Let me give you a backstory to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just, this is on me, nothing on Stephen. Yep. I've written yep. him a letter and apologized. I'd love to see him someday and tell him. Mm-hmm. I went to a conference in 2010 after I first got mm-hmm. on Crosspoint and he spoke and I wrote him off. I'm like, mm. he seems too arrogant. Sure. Um, that's on me, not him. Yeah. But I, I wrote him off. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't listen to sermon. I didn't read a book hmm. until May of 2016, two months mm-hmm. before this experience mm-hmm. at the beach. I went to a uh, conference at mm-hmm. uh, New Spring. Yep. You probably know Stephen Brewster. He was on the team. One yep. of my best yep. friends still is this mm-hmm. day. Um, he's like, hey, Kevin, let's go to this conference. And mm-hmm. he said, it's a one day. We'll drive over, spend the night, come back the next day. And I said, okay, who's what's the lineup? Yeah. I looked at the lineup and I literally said, I'll go with you and I'll tolerate Furtick. So six years, <laughs> okay. six years I've been holding this. Yes. Again, my fault. Yes. Me, being judgmental. Yep. We go to the conference. We have lunch, Christian chicken, Chick-fil-A chicken. Oh, we yeah. Get our food. We get our food. We go to no the No good Christian of- conference without Chick-fil-A. It's got <laughs> to have right. Chick-fil-A. That's right. <laughs> we go to the far end of that mezzanine. It's just huge, just glass window, like looking yeah. out over the property at New Spring. We just happen to be right where the speakers are going to come out of the auditorium mm-hmm. area upstairs, walk across mm-hmm. the offices and have their own lunch. Mm-hmm. So some of the co- some of the speakers begin coming out. And honestly, it was a few speakers that I thought, hey, they may wave or say hi or something like yep. that. Because we were only like maybe two of eight people that were down at that end. Right. Then Stephen Furtick walked out. And I remember okay. going, oh, great. Well, he's going to go straight from point A to point B. He ain't talking to nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Again, on me. Well, in the floor there, there's about six people sitting there and they're like, hey, Pastor mm-hmm. Stephen, have you got lunch? What do you need? And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's his team that's with him. Mm-hmm. He talks in for a second. He walks to, to the door, but then he veers off to the right. He comes right over to me, puts his hand on my shoulder. Huh. He says, how you doing, man? You enjoying the conference? Glad you're here. We had taken one of the buns and thrown it away. So we were eating chicken with one bun. And he's like, he yeah. noticed that. He goes, I guess you guys are trying to eat healthy, aren't you? You're, you're only eating with one bun. <laughs> yeah. And and it was it. He's like, I hope right. you enjoy the rest of the day. And he walked off and went went his way. And hmm. I just sat there and I told Stephen, I said, that was for me. Right. That right. was a God wink to me. He is a human being. He's just like me. <laughs> yes. I've been wrong for six years writing him off. Yes. Yes. It's all on me. He spoke that afternoon. I took four pages of notes. It was incredible. Right. Let's go back to July 6th. If yep. that moment doesn't happen, July 6th, I probably wouldn't listen to that message. Yep. I click on that message. I listen to the whole thing. 
And the, basically the message is about the children of Israel. They're walking around the city of Jericho once a day mm-hmm. for six days. They have no idea why they're doing it. They're doing it because Joshua said so. Mm-hmm. Joshua doesn't even know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They go the seventh day, seven times around. And, the, and during the message, he was like, too many people stop on lap six. Mm-hmm. You get tired. You lose perspective. How long, Lord? And when you stop on lap six, you miss the miracle of lap seven. Mm, so and I good. wrote, I wrote in my journal, and I said, "Lord, I'm going to go back. I don't know what lap seven is. Wow! I'm going back. Give me back my passion. I'm not leaving. That was for me. And I'll go back and serve you and walk another lap." Wow! Two months later, right? September 11th, lead pastor unexpected transition. That evening, the elders say, no longer are you the executive pastor of stewardship operations. We want you to be the executive pastor. We know you're not a communicator. We know you've never preached on stage. We can all figure that out, but Hmm. we want to follow you and you lead us to the next. Wow. And I walked out that building that night. There's a huge sign that says crosspoint.tv out in the front. It's huge. And I look up at that and I honestly, I said, what the hell? What? what? I literally said, "What the hell? What has happened?" Wow. And then I, rem- then Dude, I remember that's a killer story, man. I remembered, and I said, "Lord, is this lap seven? Wow, huh? So, all that Dude, to say, so good. It was me learning to that my relationship is more about being present with Him in the moments of my life and following His promptings and. Mm-hmm being willing to say yes, whatever he says. Hmm. Um, I look back now and it was all along the way um, that he was preparing me for something yes. that I had yes. no idea was going to happen. Love I it. was beginning to focus on the next. Yes. Like, yes. Can I go somewhere else? Yep. Yep. And yep. I took my, I took my focus off the now. And I think Love there's it. sometimes in the now where he's preparing us for the next that we don't even know about. And yeah. So anyway, I know I've I love that. I, I, let's not jump onto that yet because there's something I want to highlight for people, friends. The thing. So I love this. I, I think you're opening us to um, a really important reality, which is I think sometimes in our roles as executive pastors, we can just spend a lot of time thinking about the nickels and noses and spreadsheets, and we miss the story that God's writing around us, right? We or we could miss the story that God's writing. Yes around yes. us. And I, I love how you, you know, went through that, how, Hey, you know, been for years, we're kind of wrestling on these questions. Hey God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And like, you were open to, Hey, like, well, what, what's his, you know, what, what promptings, where, what, what is he saying to me? What is, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, or I'm not sure how that works. And then, but then that was all a clear pattern in hindsight. You don't see it going forward. You only see That's it in true. hindsight. Right. And then this whole thing with Furtick, I have a very similar story with a, a leader that We'll tell you some other time because it's not about me, but same kind of thing where I wrote off this leader and then I, I met them and I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot, God. That's like X. So your story very much echoes where I've seen him do the same kind of thing in my life. I love that. I think the word of encouragement I want to give leaders who are listening in today is, man, God's trusted us as executive pastors with the significant leadership. And and he may be preparing you for for what comes next, but man, we need to be so present in the now. What is he saying to you today? 
so critical. Encourage us around not looking up over the horizon. Encourage us, you know, to continue with lap seven. We'll we'll stick with uh, with verdicts. Don't you know? Don't stop at six. Uh, yeah, help us think that through a little bit. Yeah, I, I think our tendency, um, you know, um, a lot of executive. If we're talking to mainly executive pastors here, a lot of times our role is behind the scenes. You know, mm-hmm. and and. Very little front scenes. People don't know who you are, and and, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. And, and I think sometimes because we're not the communicator, um, it may be easy for us to just feel like that um, that that lead pastor has a relationship with the Lord that I'll probably never be able to have or mm-hmm. attain. Um, hmm. And I just don't believe that. I, 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 it's, right. it's 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 for it's for every it's for the attendee. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think that too many. Uh, there's a lot of times is is we can we can begin looking at the next project, um, mm-hmm. the next assignment. Maybe that's, maybe that's in the church. Maybe it's, you know, there's so many people these days moving um, outside the church and going out into the market or going, mm-hmm. going, moving on to another church. And I'm not, sometimes that's, that's supposed to happen, but I think sometimes we can begin focusing so much on the next uh, that we lose. We just kind of lose focus of what's happening in the mm-hmm. moment. And mm-hmm. I really think like, Go back to my story. If mm-hmm. I would have taken that journey on down the road and gone on to um, a church in Florida, mm-hmm. Cross Point would have been fine. I, Cross mm-hmm. Point, God, it's God's church. It's not my yes. church. It's not yep. any lead pastor's church. Mm-hmm. But I would have missed everything that He's done mm-hmm. in me in the last six, seven years because mm-hmm. of everything that He's allowed us to go mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'd have been so focused on the next, I would have missed that little message of, Hey, you need to hear this, or I've got this mm-hmm. for you, which mm-hmm. all he was doing in the moment was preparing me now in the present mm-hmm. for something in the next that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can just kind of look to the next mm-hmm. and we just, that's so good. And, and it's our own plans. I mean, even the mm-hmm. Jesus calling for today was like, Hey, listen, listen to me continually. Like mm-hmm. um, I've got plans for you now. And I think too mm-hmm. many times, and maybe it's part of an executive pastor, we get to our to-do list. We mm. we get we take things in our own control and try to figure things out on our own. And sometimes it comes out okay, but maybe it's not really what it could have been because mm. we just get focusing on that next thing that we yeah. Need to what's do. coming next? Yeah, yeah and yeah. I like to tell people just say hey, just just linger in his presence a little while. Just mm. linger in it. Love it. You know. Love it. So so good. Well, I, I, uh, well, first of all, I hope as you're listening in today, friends, there'll be some folks that maybe you are spent a little too much time on Vanderblumen or whoever chemistry staffing on there looking somewhere else. And maybe the encouragement for you today is to, Hey, Lord, what is it you have for me here now in this, you know, in this time, you know, I think that's a good, that's a really good takeaway for sure. When let's maybe jump all the way kind of, you know, looking back now from the vantage point, here we are six, seven years later, um, you know, looking back on all of that transition, when you looking back, kind of reading into the history, what were some of the things that God used? I was saying to you this, you, before we began recording, I think there can be times when there is a transition, whether it's planned or unplanned, where there's maybe this unspoken question out there, which is what's going to happen beyond that senior leader? What's, is it going to thrive or not thrive? And 
man, Crosspoint has, you guys have just continued to thrive, do great things in your community, reach people, see people take steps for, for Jesus. It's just amazing. It's so good. When you look back on it, what were some of those things that he did in your leadership and your you know broader team's leadership that really positioned you to continue on, to continue to thrive uh, even you know all these years later? I, I think, and I, and I was as guilty as anyone, then uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there was a season where things were going so well, Crosspoint was growing, uh, you know, to that point, 2015, I think was our best year ever. You mm-hmm. know, we were 12, 13 years old at that time, maybe 13 years old. And, and I think we began relying too much on our own strength and our own ability. And, um, and, I, and, and we, just, we, we just swung the pendulum too far that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I remember the Monday morning after September 11th and, and that night's when the elders, had, mm-hmm. you know, said that to me about, um, we'd love for you to be, just become the executive pastor and lead us. I, I have a, a closet at my house that was actually mm-hmm. my office. So I call it the mm-hmm. office and I'm laying, <laughs> I'm, I was laying in the floor, just crying out to the wow. Lord, uh, because wow. I, now there's no, I knew there's no way I could mm-hmm. even approach this on my own. And he gave mm-hmm. me a prayer that morning, mm-hmm. um, five words. I ended mm-hmm. up having chalk art done on my office wall and put it on my office wall. But the five words that I could, that I, that I prayed for and I shared with our team and just shared with staff and whoever is he gave me like, Lord, give me wisdom, discernment, clarity, unity, and peace. Now I knew peace sometimes comes after a decision mm-hmm. of whatever decisions we're making. Sometimes peace doesn't come before. It's nice to have mm-hmm. a lot of it before you make a decision, but mm-hmm. that, that that was just really powerful for me. Like, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, James one five says, if you like wisdom, ask of him, yeah. he'll yeah. give it to you abundantly. That's what mm-hmm. Solomon asked for. And he gave Solomon mm-hmm. abundant wisdom plus mm-hmm. a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. And so I just prayer became just a vital part, uh, more so in an organization during that time than 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 before. And again, mm-hmm. I was on the leadership team. I yes, own that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. own that. I'm not blaming anybody. Um, and we we kind of focused on some soul care for our staff. I mm-hmm. think we were kind of encouraging our staff to lead themselves with spiritual mm-hmm. leadership. Um, we would tend to focus more on organizational leadership. So during that mm-hmm. time, we, you know, we think Ortberg had written a, a book, Soul Care, Soul Keeper. And we, you know, we went through that early part in that transition. Um, and then, but then in a matter of a few weeks of the four on that lead team, I was the only one left. I knew wow. of, I knew of some of the transitions that were already in the works going to happen. So it wasn't just because lead pastor mm-hmm. resigned. And I just, I told the elders that night, I said, guys, I, I can't lead this alone. I've got mm-hmm. to build a team around me. I, I'll, I lead better through a team. Mm-hmm. And so there were five people on the team, four guys and a lady that just mm-hmm. kind of brought around the table and said, guys, this, I, I consider myself interim executive pastor. Mm-hmm. And I want you guys to <laughs> consider you. I want, I want, I'm inviting you around the table as an interim leadership team. Mm-hmm. We just can't grab the table tightly. We got to hold it loosely. Mm-hmm. That's and good. I think I, I the elders have asked me to lead. I'm asking you to come around me. I don't know if this transition is going to be three months or a year or whatever, but let's 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 just allow God to mm. use us to lead. 
but let's hold the table loosely. Because um, mm. I kind of that's a good insight. Like, that's a very good insight there. Yeah, that's good. I love I, that. I, I saw myself like, hey, a head coach could come in and then decide a new offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. so I knew I was there for this time, and and that if it wasn't long term, then God had a plan for me. But I knew mm-hmm. where I was supposed to be at the moment, and so I just asked those, you know, people to come around the table. Four of them are still here. Four, right. four of them yeah. are still here. One and you're still here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I we prayer. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had unified as a team. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing that I did, as I said, elders, because I used to lead the board of trustees, kind of the the team okay. that yep. um, helped us oversee the finance and legal and facilities and expansion and all that. And then our elders were our spiritual leaders and held the pa- pastor accountable. And you know that where theology was lining up with the mission of the church and scripture. And so now I'm leading both. And in this interim, so I just said the other thing is. I would love a trustee to be at an elder meeting. If we have an elder meeting, if we have a trustee meeting, let's have an elder there. That way where the communi- communication is unified. Mm. I'll drop the ball. I'll drop the ball if it's just mm. on me to keep everybody, mm. you know, on the same page. Um, so I just think uh, team chemistry and unity and God having some, one of the, two of the guys around the table that stepped into those roles were former pastors that had come to Crosspoint, been there less than a year. And so God knew that we needed some of that pastoral yeah. care and leadership um, to to guide our church during that season. Mm-hmm. And so prayer became a focal. Um, Love it. Leading leading as a team together and just like, hey, we're going to do our best, but if we're going to lean on him. And um, our goal was just not to mess it up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we just worked real, close, worked real close together and, and tr- really tried to keep communication clear yeah, with each other, that. with staff and with the church. Yeah. I love that. There's so much there you've just unloaded, you know, the increased focus on prayer, this whole idea around soul care, team chemistry, that I love that idea of not holding the table tightly. I think that's critical at all times. I was literally just saying that to a friend this week around, Hey, like we all need to position ourselves. I think, I think the the Lord wants us to position ourselves that like somebody else better could come along and we're happy to hand it over to them because the mission's more important than our piece. You know, our, what, what, right. we're, what God's called our church to do is bigger than us as individuals love that. And then the communication channels thing, were there other ways that you kind of kept the, tried to increase the communication during that season or, or maybe even continued, has that continued over these years? Well, we, you know, we, we tried to stay in communication. We, I think we would send out initially it was like weekly, you know, some, some form of an email, you know, we mm-hmm. have a, um, a, a countdown like before the service. And so one mm-hmm. thing that it, most of the time it was me for several weeks where I was a part of the countdown and just kind of giving an update, you know, like mm-hmm. if we had interviewed some candidates, um, that, that thing got really drawn out. Uh, mm-hmm. we were six months in and we had said no to 10 guys. Wow. Oh my goodness. Um, that 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 the search firm had a, a wave of six and then a wave mm-hmm. of four, and we just mm-hmm. we just knew that they were great candidates, but it just wasn't our guy. And so we we continued to to update the church weekly or biweekly, and then six months in, we had a, we had a Sunday and we just called it kind of the state of the church, and it was yep. called Uncharted. Mm-hmm. And one of our guys on the team, Chris Nichols, uh, mm-hmm. gave a message, um, you know, and it, it was called Uncharted. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I gave about an eight to 10 minute. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only time I was really ever on stage. Just kind of giving it, <laughs> just kind of giving an update. And, yeah. and I'll tell you, we, we uh, do run through on Thursday and they mm-hmm. wanted to record what I said on Thursday. And that way, if, if power went out, then the mm-hmm. campuses would have that. And I mm-hmm. mean, dude, it was horrible. I botched it. I didn't even have really what I wanted to say. <laughs> I, I finally said, guys, just quit recording. After it's wow. over with, our creative director and one of our lead communicators came in the office and I said, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I know that was awful. And they said, yeah, it was. Um, and, <laughs> As only friends can. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't until Sunday morning that I felt like God gave me. I woke up early. And he gave me what I needed to share. And basically, basically, it was back to when Samuel came to anoint David, the king. Actually, he didn't know who he was going to anoint, but he came to Jesse. One by one, all the brothers came in. And the one or two that you thought would be the king, no. And he's like, do you have anyone else? Yeah, I've got one in the field. They bring him in. And so I, I, I just shared the, with the people, we're not looking for a king, but we're looking for our next pastor. Right. And I, what I've learned is our calendar and timeline is not his calendar. And all right. of that I know is we've s- interviewed and met with 10 great guys, mm-hmm. some in person, some mm-hmm. Zoom. And our pastor just has to still be in the field and God's right. grooming him. And I'm trusting he's going to send us, send right. us our pastor in his time. Um, within 10 days, we had our best three candidates. It was crazy. Wow. And, then, and one of those was Kevin Queen. And that's a yep. story in itself, how he got here. Mm-hmm. Just the mm-hmm. whole God thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we did our best to, you know, update her. And we had that moment, you know, six months in. And yep. um, so it, it was hard, but you had to be intentional or else they're going to fill in the gap. You know, right. your your yeah. ca- your church attendees is going to fill in the gap if you're not giving them some updates, and they'll fill in the gap. And usually, that's not what you want. So, yeah, love that. I love that. Well, kind of keeping with the uh, the spirit of the conversation, where are things today with you? Not looking next. Normally, I would say, what's on the horizon? But what's <laughs> kind of what's God teaching you today? What's happening in your world? You know, what are the things you're wrestling with now as you're uh, as you're leading at Crosspoint? Um. You know, t- to your point, it's, um, you know, we had a guy come in like one week after our lead pastor resigned at 16. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, you're going to see attendance drop 25%. You're going to see giving drop 25 to 30%. Mm-hmm. All of that happened in 10 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did, ma- mm-hmm. mainly at our broadcast campus. Um, but then Pastor Kevin came along with even a stronger emphasis on prayer. I mean, it just, right. um, he, he just, he just brought that. That was just in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I think 2018, 19 was our best year ever. We recovered. Right. We had more attendance and more giving and mm-hmm. baptisms and salvations and opened a new campus a couple of years ago. And so, mm-hmm. uh, we, we've learned a lot in the last couple of years going through COVID and yes. our main, our national campus got hit by a tornado six days yes. before the world shut down with COVID. Yes. And so we still don't yeah, have offices. Too much. We're still, we're still navigating yeah. that rebuild. Yeah. Um, so Again, just c- continue to depend on him. Um, I think something that I'm actually in the in the moment um, mm-hmm. wrestling with. I've got a friend of mine on the team, Matt Warren, mm-hmm. and he could probably unpack this more. But mm-hmm. just seeing what's um, happening with other pastors, mm-hmm. and um, I, I just I think our I think the model where you have a lead pastor and how many ever report to him, and that lead mm-hmm. pastor is basically the only employee of the elders. There's just a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. So So it's kind of like, is there a better way? Is there a different way? Mm -hmm. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's a different model, but how how can we 
Um, I've talked a lot about how I navigated the transition and how mm-hmm. God was preparing me, mm-hmm. but how, how can we maybe avoid a, right. a potential um, where a pastor just kind of succumbs to, to that pressure, no matter really yeah. how their walk with the Lord might be. It's just a lot of pressure, especially mm-hmm. in larger churches. And, mm-hmm. and so that, that's just kind of something just kind of praying through. And as an executive pastor, I, I gave a talk one time to some other executive pastors on that executive pastor lead pastor relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for executive pastors, it's, it's really, really important. A uh, few things that, that the best way we can lift him up is on our knees praying. Mm. Oh, so and, good. And, and, I, and, and there's a scripture, you know, where I think it's um, Aaron and, maybe Jethro that held Moses's hands up until mm-hmm. they were steady. Mm-hmm. And I never had focused on until they were steady. So there was some mm-hmm. intentionality there. And so I think holding our lead pastor up in prayer to mm-hmm. hold his hands steady. Um, I think another thing that executive pastors can do is be willing to climb, charge the hill with him, go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. climb up on that mountain with him. Mm-hmm. And then um, learn how to humbly lead up well. And right. I think right. I think as you develop a relationship with your lead pastor, where you can both trust each other's heart, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's an invitation to be able to to lead up and and potentially speak into some things, um, just just to help, uh, it. whether it's to alleviate pressure or potential mistakes or whatever. So that, that's that's kind of some things to kind of focus yeah. on now, and for you know that I'm continuing to learn, and I don't have it down. Yeah, I, I'm not perfect in any of this. Um, <laughs> so there are times I take control, bring things back in my hand and I get too much on my to do list, but just trying to stay focused um, in the moment and yeah. um, lead as best as I can in, in that second chair. Love it. This has been so fantastic, Kevin. I really appreciate you being here today. We're going to link to that Don't Stop at 6 Stephen Furtick message in our show notes. So if someone's listening in, they want to, that'd be a great follow-up and next kind of step in this conversation. Uh, But is there anything else you'd like to share just as we wrap up, as we kind of bring today's conversation to a close? No, I think I've probably talked too much and shared everything I know. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> but I, I do. I think I just think, man, just just lingering his presence and and you know that that can be driving down the road. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know how guys, ladies uh, connect mm-hmm. with God. It, mm-hmm. it, it may be in your in your favorite chair in the morning. It might be on mm-hmm. a walk. It might be mm-hmm. through worship, driving, sitting in traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I just think pay attention and mm-hmm. uh, just connect with him. Connect mm-hmm. with him wherever wherever that might mm-hmm. be and. And if you have a favorite place, go there and linger a while. Um, Love it. it. It's 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 rewarding, and there's really nothing better than yeah. that. So good, Kevin. I appreciate you being here today. If, if people want to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online? Uh, our church website is crosspoint TV. Um, I'm on social media and that kind of stuff, but usually <laughs> I'm just viewing. I hardly ever yes. post anything or comment anything. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, Love it. My email is Kevin at crosspoint.tv. Mm-hmm. I was the first Love Kevin it. there. So I've got that Kevin at crosspoint.tv. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice. um, man, I'd love, love to, I'd love to connect. However I can help other executive yeah. pastors or listeners, they can feel free to shoot me an email. Love, love to it. love connect with them. Well, Kevin, I really appreciate you being here today. Appreciate your heart. Thanks for sharing the story. And I love just hearing what, what God's doing in your life. So thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. 
visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.